Hi, everybody. Welcome to Lost Fuller's Church. I'm Chris. I am the pastor here. And I just want to say thank you for joining us online. I, I love looking at the statistics and seeing that there's people on the East Coast and the, in the Midwest and Kansas, all the way to Hawaii and, and even in Arizona that join in and watch us each week. And I just want to say thanks for joining us. And I'm loving this sermon series on living a generous life. It, it's it's powerful. This idea of living a generous life. And today we're going to look at generosity actually leads to us being happier. There's actually lots and lots of scientific studies. And lately, the science world's doing lots of studies on the brain and neuroscience and looking at what makes us happier. And so there's many studies out there in these experiments that, that show that generous people report being happier, healthier. They, they actually live longer, and, and they're just more satisfied with life, as opposed to those that tend to hold on to things more, that, that are stingy, which leads us right to Proverbs chapter 11. And it says this, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. In these studies and these reports, it didn't matter how much the people gave away. In fact, it had more to do with how often they gave stuff away. And so those that gave away smaller amounts more often were happier than those that gave away large amounts less frequently. And so the examples that they gave are people that gave to a charity each month or went and worked at that charity each month. People that would stop on their way to work on a regular basis and buy coffee for their coworkers. These people were happier and healthier than other people that tended not to do those generous things. There's one article in Time Magazine, it was written in 2017, and it's titled, Being Generous Really Does Make You Happier. And in this study that Time wrote about, they took these participants and they told them they're going to give them $100. Now, 50% of those participating in the study, they, gave, they were going to give them $100 and they said, you get to spend this on yourself. So think about how you're going to spend this on yourself. The other 50%, they said, we're going to give you $100, and you're going to spend it on whoever you want, however you want, but you're going to give it away or buy things for other people. And so these people, they thought about what they're going to do, and then these scientists hooked their brains up to all these wires and stuff, and then basically interviewed them about what they were going to do with the money. And over and over and over, uh, the people that were going to spend it on themselves felt a little bit of anxiety. They weren't super happy. And in, in the questioning, they, they weren't generous in their responses. Those that were going to give it away, it, there was something about the thought of giving it away that they were excited about. They were happy about. And, and they began talking about how they could be more generous even in the future. And, and so the thought of being generous led to more generosity. It, it's amazing how our human minds work, right? Because as science has said, 
as God and the word of God has said, generosity leads to a happier life. And so we go back to this, we give freely, we become more wealthy. And maybe as we give freely and become more wealthy, we're not just getting wealth, but we're getting more satisfaction with life. We're becoming healthier, we're becoming happier. And when we hold on to things, we lose that happiness. We, we, we lose that excitement. And so the generous will prosper, right? Those who refresh others will, them, will, will themselves also be refreshed. I, I can just see that, that, that verse in Proverbs just come alive with these, these studies. Here, science today is proving what the Bible said some 2,700 years ago. I was out for a run the other day and I was running up a hill by my house. And at the top of this hill is this house that has, it must be 10 orange trees in the front yard. And these orange trees are huge and they are loaded with oranges. And I'm, I'm talking like hundreds and hundreds of oranges per tree. And no one's eating them. It makes me want to go up and start picking them and taking them home, but, but they're not mine. But it got me thinking about the generosity of God. Just look at that one orange tree. That one orange tree grew from one little tiny seed from an orange. And when you open up an, an orange, there's lots of seeds in there. So each of those seeds could create another tree with all these oranges. And in season after season, those oranges grow and they're, they're ripe and beautiful. And, and you think, man, from this one little tiny seed, and you think, how generous God is. Now, we don't see it that way now because we go to the grocery store typically and we buy an orange and we open it up, we take the skin off, and we eat it and we get annoyed because there's seeds in there, right? In fact, we've made oranges that don't have seeds so we don't have to deal with that because we don't think about, oh, God's so generous. Look at these seeds. I get to plant my own. I don't have to go to the grocery store to buy oranges anymore. I, I can just imagine... God in the Garden of Eden showing Adam and Eve with this excitement. Look at this tree. Look at this orange. You, you peel this off and it's so good and tasty. And then you take these little seeds and you plant them. In a couple years, you're going to have another tree with producing even more oranges. You'll never run out of oranges. And that's just one of the citrus trees. That's just one of the ways you're going to get food in this garden. I mean, just think about the generosity of God. And yet we've we've kind of lost that in our world, haven't we? Because we look at those orange trees in that guy's yard and they're his. They're his trees and he's going to hang on to those. And what's going to happen to all those oranges on all those trees? They're going to fall off and they're going to rot on the ground. And no one will enjoy him. He's hanging on to them and he's going to lose it all. You see, so often we lose generosity because we have this view that these things are mine. I earned them. I paid for them, so they are mine. What if we changed our perspective to God provided this for me? An orange tree, obviously, God created the orange tree, right? And, and it grows out of the ground. We'd have nothing to do except throw a seed in the ground, right? And so what if we looked at everything that we say is ours? What if we loosened our grip a little bit? And instead of taking ownership, we took the view of stewardship. 
And what's stewardship? Stewardship is the careful management of something that's entrusted to your care. I believe that God provides everything for us. And if we believe that God provides everything for us, then theoretically we can say it's, it's his. And our job here on earth is just to manage what he's given us. Well, we can think about wealth, right? But we, we can think about our time, right? We can think about love. We can think about uh, all these different gifts and abilities that God has given us. They're not ours. We're just here to be good stewards of them. And you see, when we take the view of stewardship compared to ownership, I feel like we can loosen our grip a little bit. In Mark chapter 10, there's this place where this man sees Jesus. And he comes up to Jesus, and there's something wrong in his life. It, something's missing. And I don't know if he's just not content, if he's not happy, but, but there's something missing, and he's looking for it in Jesus. And he asks Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That, that, that's what he wants to know. What, what must I do to be good enough to, to be in the kingdom of God with you? And so Jesus responds to him, you know what, there's the Ten Commandments, you've heard of those. And the guy says, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that. I'm checking the boxes. I'm, I'm following the rules. I'm doing everything. But yeah, I, I don't know. And Jesus looks at him. And, and I, I believe that when Jesus looked at people, he looked at them differently than we do. He could look straight at the heart. And he could see that this man wasn't happy. He wasn't quite content or satisfied with life. And, and I want to read to you what Jesus said. It says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad because he had great wealth. Uh, this is a profound story when you really look at it from the view of generosity. This man had great wealth. He, he's looking for happiness. He's looking for eternal satisfaction, right? How do I get to heaven? And Jesus looks at him and he knows exactly what's missing. He's saying, you are holding on to your stuff so tight that you can't see God. You can't see other people. You can't, you can't live life properly. You need to let go. In fact, he says, just go sell it all. It's not important. And then really live life. Go sell all you have and then, then live life. And, and what happens? It says, the man went away sad. His great wealth. Most people are going to go, man, that's going to bring me happiness, happiness, right? But it says, he went away sad because he had great wealth. And because he had great wealth, he didn't want to let go of it and happiness avoided him. Uh, to me, that is so profound, a man that's stingy. And, and then it says, man, if you sell it all, you come follow me, guess what you're going to have? You're going to have treasures in heaven. You want to know how to get eternal life, eternal satisfaction? Give it away. But the man couldn't do it. He was stingy, and he held on to what was his, and guess what? He lost everything. Do you see how ironic this is? 
this man wasn't content with life. He was missing something. And when Jesus told him what it was, he was unwilling to do it. And Jesus goes on to tell his disciples, it's gonna be really difficult for rich people to get into heaven. And, and, and why? Well, because they view their wealth as theirs and they're unwilling to loosen their grip. They own it. That's why it's difficult for them. And please understand this isn't just about money. Think about our, our time. I mean, our time is God-given. And, and we are so stingy with our time. But what if we said, hey, this is, God has given me this time. And, and what if I can, I can be generous with my time? And, and I can actually stop and spend more time with my family. Or spend more time talking to a friend. Because this isn't just my time. This is God's time that he has given me. And how do I need to use that time? And just life in general. This life we live is a God-given life. And yet we hang on to it like this is our life. Uh, what if we view these things as more of a, a stewardship? God, God is loaning me this time. God is loaning me this life. And, and, and I can just let loose, be generous, and enjoy this life. You know, the words of my dad ring in my mind. The words, don't waste it. He said that so many times uh, through my time as a water boy and as a, as a player for him. And, and what he meant when he's yelling at his football players not to waste it was, don't waste your time in practice, right? D don't waste your God-given abilities. Don't waste this moment in time that you can, you can do something great. And, and he told us that over and over, and I always hear it in mind, don't waste it. And, and we really should stop, and we should really think about what, what are we wasting? Just like the guy with these orange trees that's wasting all these oranges, what in our life are we wasting? Are we just letting go away and rot away because, because we're not using it the way it should be used? Those are our gifts our talents, this, this moment in time, this moment with our kids or with our wife or with our, our friends or this moment that we're in church. Don't waste these moments. I, I believe Jesus was pretty clear that we should not waste what he has given us, the resources that he has given us. In fact, Jesus tells a parable about this very thing. You can find it in Matthew chapter 25. But in this parable, you have an owner of the land. And the owner is getting ready to go away. And he calls three trusted servants to him. And he gives each of the servants some money. And he tells them, I need you to manage this while I'm gone and I will be back. He gives the first servant five talents, which is a huge amount of money. He gives the second one two talents, which is still a huge amount of money. And the third one, he just gives one, but it's still a, a huge amount of money. And the owner leaves. And the story goes that the, the first one that got five talents, man, he went to work. And he took those five talents and he literally doubled them. I mean, he, he produced five more talents. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. In, in other words, he didn't waste any time. He didn't waste his time. He didn't waste his, his gifts. He didn't waste the money that he was given by the owner. 
And then the second guy, he got two. But he did the same thing. He went right to work. He didn't waste anything. And he doubled his. Uh, the third guy, he looks at his one talent and he's a little bit afraid that he might lose it. So he takes it and he buries it in the ground and he hides it. Pretty soon the manager, the owner of the land comes back and he calls these guys and he's excited. And he says, hey, tell me, what did you do? And the first guy's so excited. He tells him, man, I, I went, I did this and I did that. Look, we got five more. I've got 10 now. And, and, and the second guy, same thing, man, I had these two and took some chances and some risks, but look, we got two more. We doubled, we doubled it. Uh, the third guy was like, you know, I only got one. So I was a little bit worried about losing it. So I actually, I just, I buried it in the ground and I, and I, and I hid it. And the owner of the land was so angry at this third guy that he took it from him. You remember, I, we're going to be stingy. We're going to hang on to it. And he steal, he takes it back from him and he gives it to one that has 10. And and the other two, the, the one that had five and two talents, he literally invites them into his kingdom. He says, come and share your master's happiness because you took what I gave you. You took and you managed it well. You were good stewards with what I gave you with your time, with your talent, with your with your love, with your compassion, with whatever it was, and you put it to work and look what you did for me. And so they shared in his happiness that the third one got thrown out into the darkness. He got discarded. He's not going to get to share in any happiness. He's going to go away sad because he hung on. He hid what he had. And the whole point of this story is, man, it doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter what your gifts are, what your talents are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. Uh, the point is that you take it. You hold on loosely to it. It doesn't mean you're, you're stupid with it. You, you hang on loosely to it. And you live generously. And as we live generously, man, it just comes back to us in the form of joy, happiness, satisfaction with life. We live longer. We live healthier. It's the way God designed it. You see, the God that created us is a generous God. And because he's a generous God, he wants us to be generous in the way we live our lives. Let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us to see the truth in this idea of generosity, to, to, to hang on to what you gave us loosely. I, I pray, Lord, that we would live generously and that we would celebrate and praise you because you are a generous God. And we do, we praise you. And we pray all of these things in your name. Amen.